You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of All's Caps with eight with with uh, former Capitals defenseman Carl Alzer. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. We're going to be joined by longtime Capitals trainer uh, and former Washington football trainer now Greg Smith, who has some of the best stories you're ever going to want to hear about some football stories, some hockey stories, and Carl some stories about you, which were, were terrific. Yeah, Smitty, Smitty's a guy that has uh, seen and heard everything. You know, we we would the way that the rink works is you come in. You, you change out of your street clothes into your undergear, and then I'd say like 80% of the guys go straight to straight to the medical room and just hang out, sit on the tables, sit on the stools. Guys are doing crosswords, just chatting and joking around. So like he hears everything and he sees everything and he's got a good memory and uh, and he's been around for so long. So he's he's got, he gave us a few pretty good ones there, but I mean, <laughs> that that's a vault that if we could ever tap into a vault, that's the one that you'd want to, you'd want to get into because he can he can go on forever so it was very very fun and very fortunate to have him on there and he's a fellow short guy like myself i'm five foot six and, and a half or so he's what five foot maybe yeah i think he's about five feet tall and, and he, he mentions it a few times in our in our chat so if anyone's wondering why he's uh he's 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 saying what he's saying it's because he considers himself uh you know a little person and uh and at the rank i mean we're looking for any anything to uh, to pick on somebody about and so uh, he was he was good about it and, and and he seems like over the decades he's handled that well he's handled it really well like i'll tell there's one other thing that's really funny at the in in one part of the uh, at kettler there was a um there's these two doors one would lead one led to the stick room and so it was just a regular door and then right beside it was a furnace room and the door was was half the height of the stick room door <laughs> and so Guys would always steal Smitty's like nameplate from his office and put it above that door, as that was his being his room and and like like you have to be at the rink. You got to have a thick skin and uh, and and Smitty Smitty has a thick skin and he was good about it. Especially when Curdy we mentioned too in in the interview Curtis Millar he he had probably the thickest skin of them all because because he was uh, so good of of making everybody. Uh, Enjoy the jokes that they were telling. Yeah, please stay tuned for for some Alex Semin stories, Boyd Gordon stories. Like, if you're a Caps fan of a certain vintage, you're going to enjoy these stories. Uh, trust me. Uh, unfortunately, the the most recent Capitals performance hasn't been great. Uh, a seven three loss to the Bruins, four losses in a row. Um, for for lack of a better question, what's wrong right now with this team? Yeah, I mean, so one of the things that that. I always notice, and I know a lot of people notice, is that when a team comes in that you're, say, say you're playing against a team that has a lot of injuries and you got a lot of call-ups, the guys that are called up, they're working their tails off, and they're underestimated, and a lot of times they put up a really hard fight, and and you don't take them serious enough, and they end up stunning you. 
and um, the game the game isn't as easy as you're hoping it's going to be. And so <clears throat> there's been a kind of a revolving door of of players that have been in and out of the lineup right now. And um, every time somebody comes up there, they're looking to really prove themselves, and and they're going you know full tilt, and it's it's hard to play against that. And then you start getting some guys back that everyone's healthy again, and it's like everybody kind of like usually takes their foot off the gas just a little bit because they're like, okay, now we have we have all our guys back. Like we look so much better on paper now. We should just you know we should just continue winning or win these games. And it doesn't it just doesn't work like that. Um, other teams see the names in the lineup and then they and then they work a little bit harder to to beat them. So. It, it happens all the time. Uh, the key is to not let a slide like this go on too long. Like I think I've mentioned once before, when when you're a good team, the, we'd always say, you know, good teams don't lose two games in a row. And if if you do lose two, you definitely don't lose three. And so you don't want to you don't want to let this slide. Um, you know, you know, four games is is already too many. Um, I know that that's what the guys would would be feeling too. But it's. Uh, it's guys that are getting back up to speed after not playing a lot and older guys that it takes a little bit longer to, to get the body going. The mind is there, but the body sometimes takes a little bit longer to, uh, to get back into it. And so maybe that would be my guess of, of what's going on right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and the bad part is this is a disjointed schedule because then it's like a five day break or four day break after a fourth consecutive loss. And, and Nick Dowd the other night is like, I don't know. I don't want to break. This is not a good time for this. Mm-hmm. Like I want to get back playing again because at a certain point you got to get tired of practicing and trying to fix the same things that you could do whatever you want in practice. If you fall flat again in, in that fifth game, none of that was worth it. Yeah, this is a hard, this is a really, really tough way. Uh, I guess it's a tough coaching decision on what to do. You don't want to reward, you don't really want to reward your team for losing four games in a row, but you also don't want to skate the guys for, I'm sure they had a day off, at least one day off yes. for three days hard and, and just harping on all these things that you're doing wrong. Like as a player, you want to get back out there the next day to, to fix it. Obviously, that's not the option. Um, so So what do you do as a coach? Do you try and take their minds off it and, and have some fun? Like I'd say that was one of the the greatest things about um, when Barry Trotz and Todd Reardon um, with Foz and Lane Lambert were, were the were the guys. Is they're so good at just taking our minds away from it. Like we'd have ga- days where it was just game days where we would we would you know deverse forwards. Um, we try and rack up points in, in these little scrimmages and stuff like that just to get our heads away from it. Or we'd have full ice scrimmages where we can go out there and actually you know, work on some, some game-like situations. And so, so it's just depending on what the, what the staff wants to do. It's in a way seems like a reward (laughs) because you don't have to go out there and, and bag skate, but it's, it's really, uh, in my opinion, a smart coaching decision to do something like that. But, you know, I'm not in the room you're not in the room. We don't know exactly, um, how everybody's feeling. Uh, and so we'll see what they end up doing, but yeah, it's, uh, those four days will seem like, seem like a week. Yeah, and 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 Nick Dowd also pointed out that like this is not just losing one different way. Like they've lost games in and blowing leads and losing in overtime, and and sometimes it's the goalie, and sometimes it's a puck in your own net. The Carl Hagelin own goal against Minnesota contributes. It it does that as a as a player make it harder when it's not just one way. You're not either giving up a ton of goals or not scoring any goals. That you just that there's so many different ways you're losing. Does that make it harder? Um, it, it, it it's tough. I think. To me, it would seem more like I, the way that I would try and play it in my head is like, oh, it's just, you know, kind of weird things, weird anomalies. You know, it's, you know, yeah. different ways that we're losing. It's not like we 
every game we're bad in third periods, you know, and like, why are we doing, or why do our starts suck so bad? And, you know, that, that to me would bug me more because I wouldn't okay. be able to figure out, you know, how, why can't we just fix this? It seems so easy, but you know, when you lose games in different ways, you know, I feel like it's a little bit easier to, uh, to turn the page. However, if you're losing these games, you know, seven, three all the time, then that, then <laughs> I guess pretty frustrating, but if you're losing tight games and, and, uh, and, you know, overtime games or whatever, then, I don't know. That's the way that I would probably justify it. Um, everybody's maybe a little bit different, so it's it's hard to say for sure. But it's you just don't want to have losing streaks. You you can't you can't do that. And you always got to put together a few winning streaks to to have a to have a good showing. But this is kind of you know we're getting to the like the the hump the hump of the season where yeah. guys are you know weather sucks. It's cold outside, and you've already played a ton of games. Your body hurts and. And it's it's hard to push through that, and um, you know there's some teams that that have have rough patches like that, and and as long as they can start ramping up at, at a good time, it's not such a big deal. But it it kind of weighs on you mentally when you stop stop winning. And, and I don't want I don't want to blame the goalies because it's not all on the goalies. And I know you and I have talked about we're not we're not goalie coaches, we're not goalies. But Zach Vukali starts his career with the longest shutout streak, uh, 138 minutes. And then four goals on sixteen shots gets the hook. He's back to Hershey. You know that what that commute's like from from Arlington to, to Hershey and, and back and forth mm-hmm. and back and forth. But uh, have we seen the end of Zach Vukali? Is the answer and goal on this team right now with Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek? Well, look, that's the question, right? That's yes. that, whenever yeah. you ask anybody, like what 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 do the Caps need? And and goaltending seems to be something that they bring up. But you know, I've listened to a couple guys talk about it and. And when they're asked the question, it seems like they're behind their guys, which obviously sure, you're not yeah. going to come out and and say like, no, we need a goalie. That's not something they would say. But I think they feel confident that that these these guys can be the you know can be the answer, can be the ticket for them. But at the same time, I think it would it would make everybody feel a little bit better to have you know a veteran in there. You know, uh, someone with a little bit more of a resume would probably. Like, like a guy with just... a guy with a Vezina trophy, a Stanley Cup ring, who might be playing somewhere in Texas right now, maybe. <laughs> I think that would that would fire guys up pretty <laughs> good. Uh, I, you know what, I that's just my that's my thought that that something like that could help. However, me too. It it just it's still getting hot at the right time though, right? There's there's so many guys that come like Matt Murray kind of came out of nowhere for Pittsburgh and got hot at the right time, and next thing you know, like. He wins a couple cups. He gets the contract. You know things have kind of turned a little bit since then. But it, that, that's all it's about. And uh, if you can give a guy enough confidence, and the team can help help by you know limiting the the tough shots. Like last game with Kukali, he had to go side to side quite a few times, yep. and and guys shooting shooting the puck like like pretty great shots. You know, and those are tough things to tough saves to make. So you're trying to help your goalie out as much as possible, especially if you have a young guy too. It's like you you watch teams closely when they have a young guy in net or a call up or whatever it is. Like guys are blocking way more. Way more. Guys are way more responsible defensively. And if you aren't, like you're getting a peepee whack. Like after the game, like you sh- you needed to be better and help this guy out because you just hung him out to dry. So it's just those things where everyone has a bad day. Sometimes the team collectively has a bad day, and then you get a result like a like a seven three loss, and it's it's just frustrating for everyone. But you know, being a goldfish is important, as Ted Lasso likes to say. You love Ted Lasso more than anything. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> yeah. Here's the, here's the thing. I, it's not that I don't think Vitek Vanacek or, or Ilya Samsonov could be that guy to get hot. 
It's just, to me, Alex Ovechkin's having maybe the best season of his career. And he's 36 years old, and Nick Backstrom's getting up in age, and TJ Oshie's getting up in age. We're all getting older. And do you want to go into the playoffs trusting that one of these guys is going to be your guy? And, and to me, it, it, who cares if you give up a 2024, 20, 25 first round pick? No one's going to cry about it if you have a long playoff run this year, if you give yourself a chance, because banners fly forever. And, and, and if you, I, I, to me, that's what I think. Brian McClellan may be thinking, I can't get in his brain right now, uh, but I, I think he's got to be thinking, this is the season. Like You've got to go all in on Alex Ovechkin still playing like this, that you can't, you can't trust it on one of these guys getting hot. Or look, one of these guys or both these guys gets injured, and you have to play a Zach Vukali or Phoenix Copley in the playoffs. Like We had Craig Anderson see, starting for the Capitals last year in the playoffs because of injuries. And to me, that's why a Braden Holpe, a James Reimer, a, a, a Marc-Andre Fleury, which would be a, a, a dream story for all of us, somebody like that would have to come in just as a, almost like a, a, a backup plan, if, if nothing else. Yeah, and I think the hard thing too, as a as a GM, if I put my GM hat on, is like you're so worried to lose a guy that turns into something great. You know, like we look back at Philip Forsberg, and and trading him early, and then he turns into what he turns into, right? So you're always worried about that. The nice thing is, is you have two guys that are young, so you can afford to to you know let one go if you have to, and you probably let go of the one that has the the highest stock, right? Because you get you get more more in return for that, and maybe that's maybe that's tough to say that you do that because the, the guy that you're getting in return might only be a one year. I think I think guy. I think who you're getting is a is a you rental. Know? Yes. Yeah, you're getting a rental, so you know maybe maybe that's not the way to go about it. But I, I feel like you can let one guy go and and get something pretty darn good in return, and uh, it's just hard to make that decision because you don't want to you don't want to kick yourself looking back on it after in two or three years. But that's the business we're in, right? Like you kind of. Okay. You, you look at your window and you try and win now and and the window we've been saying this for years that the window's only been one year two years but you know it's clearly been stretched long past what oh, we had yeah. originally thought and and, and give so, and give brian mcclellan and the players on this team a lot of credit for it for how long the window has been because teams usually aren't this good for this long and and that's mm-hmm. that is a credit to brian mcclellan and he's done a good job i have a lot of phil forsberg thoughts but not right now we like we'll have a future trade deadline episode. We're gonna have George McPhee on at some point as well, to to because there's there's things about that that I don't want to I don't wanna, I don't want to throw George under the bus for that one. I just as much as people look back and say the Philip Forsberg thing, I I, I will defend George to the death on on the Philip Forsberg trade on parts of it, and then I will crush yeah. him on other parts of it. And and he and I have privately chatted about this, um, not to 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 be written, but there are things about that that trade anyway. Uh, busy stretch coming up for the Capitals. Uh, at the Islanders, some a bunch of home games. Uh, on a Cliff Notes version, what do you want to see differently out of this team to take a losing streak and turn it into a winning streak? Well, I, I want to see I want to see um, you know, odd man rushes be limited. Yeah, sure. I, I want yeah. teams need to teams need to really work for their goals against them, and and especially because you know we're talking us talking about goaltending. Um, you, you don't want to give give teams any freebies, and when your confidence isn't that great, like. You need to play tight hockey and make sure that you're 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 doing the right things. And and you, I mean, as much as you want to go out there and have fun, you can't be too free flowing. Like you need to grind out a couple yeah. tough tough wins to to get the morale up. I think that's where where we need to to see things change right now. And um, you know what I really actually do want to see? I was at that game against Boston, and obviously always having a hell of a season. And he's an assist master now. 
Um, I want to see him shoot more though, too. <laughs> you know, like okay, like he's had That's a couple, couple chances, couple chances on two on ones, and he made a, that great play um, on the Oshi goal. Oshi, but yeah. he's getting in tight still too, and and he can bury these just as well as you know he can he can pass them and someone else score them. And it's probably the the internal struggle of I don't want people to think that I'm just shooting to to beat this record, but I don't think anybody's gonna ever say anything <laughs> anything different. Everyone. Everyone loves Ovi here um, in the city and around the league. But I want to see him shoot more. I want to see him light the lamps. I think when Ovi scores, it fires the team up, and so I think that would I think that would go a long way. Do you want to see him with the, the one timer on the power play because he hasn't scored a whole lot of those this year? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see when he comes down the wing and and him just snapping a few, you know, low glove far side how he how he likes to do it. I I just want to see him shoot. I mean, I think that's one of the most fun things in hockey is. Is watching him uh, unleash a puck, and so um, you know he's he's playing unbelievable. And I love I love that he's getting some credit for his ability to pass and, and make plays. But I also really want to see him shoot. <laughs> so you're gonna be one of those those fans in the crowd yelling "shoot" because I know how much you love that. Yeah, never in a million years <laughs> if I ever did that. Pull up my tongue. Yeah, no, that's that would never happen. But you know, inside I'm I'm thinking you know I and I'm sure he knows it too. I could, he's like, I could probably shoot this right here. Good chance that I could score. However, I have a teammate right there and I'm going to, and I'm going to feed him. So I think it just goes to show how, you know, he's probably evolved a little bit and he's, he's, he's very selfless now. He's, he wants uh, everyone to have some success. Um, but I think you have 95% of hockey fans that are cheering for him to, uh, you know, beat that record. Yeah, and, and I wonder if this is a long game where all of a sudden he's the assist guy for 40 games and all of a sudden he's like, no, screw this, I'm not passing the puck now. And then he scores 50 again this year. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely possible. I, I mean, I think if he, I think you'll see, you know, what the team needs and and uh, he's the type of guy that can that can literally take a team on his back and, and win games when he wants to do that. And uh, I think when he feels necessary, then he'll, he'll tweak something and he'll go ahead and do that. But, you know, in the meantime... You know, it's, I think everybody needs to just just do a little bit better, just a little bit more responsibility out there. And uh, I think that'll that'll help everybody out. Well, we're going to do better after this because uh, we're joined by former Capitals trainer Greg Smith. Uh, please stay tuned on All's Caps. You will not regret it. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Weiner, and we are joined by former Capitals trainer uh, and now former Washington football, I guess, uh, interim trainer Greg Smith. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. How are you guys? We're great, great, Smitty. Great to talk to you, man. This is awesome. Uh, thanks for doing this. And 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 Ron Rivera at, at his uh, his 
final news conference actually name dropped you as, as kind of filling in for their their ridiculous situation where they got their trainer uh, the place raided by the DEA and, and administrative leave. What was that whole experience like for you working in the NFL and not the NHL? First and foremost, Ron Rivera was the guy who convinced me to, to, to make that 76 tri- uh, mile drive from my house to the aspirin. You know, I talked to Ron about three times on the phone and he just seemed like a genuine, nice guy. Like he yes. really, he's just, I've worked for a lot of coaches and, and Carl knows this, some good, some not so good. Some, <laughs> some kind of ridiculous uh, expectations and stuff like that. But Ron was just such a good guy. We connected right away over the phone. And, you know, I, I, I can't say enough about the guy. Of course, you know, the season didn't end like anybody wanted it to. And we could talk about the, the whys and the what. But the NFL was it, – it's a lot different. It's unbelievable to be at your house every night for the whole week. Like, it's crazy. Like, that was the mm-hmm. first thing that I was like, man, like, so you basically just – you're at home all the time except for, you know, Saturday, and then you go play somewhere on Sunday. That's and it. You're back. Yeah. And, you're, and then you're back. It's easy. Like, the travel is, is incredibly easy. But when you're talking about athletes, you know, I've worked with NBA guys since I've retired. I did a little bit of a stint at, at University of Maryland to help them out when the player passed away. Uh, and, you know, so – I've, since I've retired from hockey, I've had a couple different opportunities to work with, you know, D1 athletes, some NBA guys, and now NFL guys. You know, at, by far, of course, hockey is my favorite because I connected with them for so many years. But the athletes are all the same, right? They're they're trying to get better. They're trying to make themselves better. And they're, you know, they're trying to, you know, provide a living for their family, which is, you know, I, I – it's an easy time to connect with folks that want to do that stuff. Yeah, you mentioned that the trainer, the, the travel schedule. That's why a lot of colleagues of mine who want to have families, they go from hockey to football. Because like, if you want to have a family at home, it's so much easier if you're writing, you're covering a team, that you're home five, six nights a week. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because, you know, I got a lot of questions from those guys, you know, on the team. And they're, they're kind of, well, what's hockey like? What's I'm like, guys, you guys have no idea. It's 82 games schedule. Like, they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. And 42 of those are on the road. What? I'm like, yeah. And then home games, we actually practice in the morning and then go to the rink at night. So you're basically, I'd leave my house on the game day for the Cavs. I'd leave my house at, you know, six o'clock in the morning, get to the rink around seven. And I was there from seven you know, at Arlington and then midday I'd leave Arlington, drive downtown, play the game. And then I'd get home around 12 o'clock at night. So you're not really home for those 42 games either. So, mm-hmm. so right. it, it was funny. I, they, uh, so I, I traveled with them, a, a, you know, just a, a, you know, a couple of games, but you know, when it came down to the game with Dallas, uh, you know, the day after Christmas, they're like, Hey, do you want to go? I'm like, want to go? No, I've spent enough time in a hotel. I don't need to fly again. Thank you. No, so I I didn't go on that game. Big That's big amazing. difference. Big difference. Yeah, I mean, and- so would you rather though? So you were saying to us earlier that you had to wake up at four. Was it leave or leave your house at four? Yeah, I woke up and I was out the house by four thirty. 
4.30. So, so going an entire season, having to do that and battling traffic on the way home versus going through a whole hockey season, which one do you think is, is you think uh, still, it's still tougher doing hockey? No, no. I take no. hockey over yeah. NFL any day. And here's why. <laughs> okay. Hockey has a start and an end to every day, right? We yeah. have practice. And then, you know, before practice, you have treatments. You have practice. And then after practice, you have treatments. Done. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, we get there. We might not start meetings until 8 o'clock, but we're there at 6 o'clock for two hours before in case somebody wants to come in for treatment. And then, mm-hmm. and then you're there for meetings, so you're hitting guys – when they're available, then you have practice and then they have meetings upon meetings upon meetings after practice. And you're just basically waiting around for guys to show up. Yeah. And so, you know, the training rooms open from basically six to five every day, six in the morning to five at night every day. So the days are longer, but there's some downtimes where you're just like, holy moly, like, hopefully somebody will walk in and we can treat them. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, and then, and then next thing you know, the meetings will let out and you'll have 20 guys on top of you. And then 30, 30 minutes later, the next meeting starts and your room's empty. So it's, it's just a weird kind of, you can't get into a flow. Like with, with hockey, there was a flow, right? There was a start, a finish and an end there it's just like all day yeah and going back to it i remember i think it was when when Ovi scored his 500th goal maybe and he posted he posted a picture of of you and him together with really nice caption just saying you know like none of this can be done without guys like you um behind the scenes and no one ever sees it because you know it's crazy to think like we go the athlete goes to the rink and you know, like you said, we do our meetings, we get on the ice, we get treatment when we need it. But then the whole time, we don't see what's going on to make that work for us. And you guys are there, like you said, all day long, waiting for somebody to come in. And then all of a sudden, when they want something, they want it now, you know, and your day is just like, it's just turned upside down like that when all of a sudden you got five guys complaining about who's on the table, and they want to get on the table and, and all that. So I, it's just one of those things that you know, fans and even players don't understand it. Like you guys can't get out of the rink until we've taken all of the our undergear off, like Woody or whoever, yep. so we can go into the wash and all that. And these days are just it's just crazy how how long they are. So I think it's uh, it's just nice thinking back to what Obi what Obi posted there and, and just to get a little bit of recognition because the job that you guys do is absolutely wild. Yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy and it's funny too because. I'm at the point in my life where, you know, I don't necessarily have to do it, but I really mm-hmm. enjoy treating athletes. Like I, I like it, you know what I mean? So for me, it's, 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 I enjoy that aspect. So that's why going back to the NFL was kind of nice because like, that's the part of the job I like, like, I don't like mm-hmm. the administrative part, you know what I mean? And, and, and pushing papers and, and doing all that other stuff. I just like treating. So this uh, gave me that opportunity just to treat the guys, you know what I mean? Because 
And Carl, you remember the playing days. I hated doing paperwork, man. I hated the office like nobody's business. You know what I mean? Like that was the worst part of the job, you know? Yeah, no kidding. Well, and you're also a type of guy that likes likes to learn. Like you're one of the smartest people I've met. And I think you, you always like, you know, to gain more and more knowledge. So I think that's pretty cool. And that makes sense why you would, you know, have one, have an opportunity to work with a football team and just even learn a little bit more. But like you said, too, you, you, you don't need to continue to do this, but you obviously have a thirst for, you know, for a new experience and, and learning something. And I think that's pretty cool. And we've talked about over your over your whole time that I was there with with Washington and your and your business uh, pivot. You know, like that's something that you also have going on behind the scenes, you know, on top of what you're doing with the team. And and I'm curious what that what that's been like too. Are you still still involved with Pivot? Maybe explain explain that to us a little bit. Yeah. So uh, it's it's funny that you ask. Uh, about two <laughs> weeks ago, um, Pivot sold to a another healthcare company called Athletico. So uh, there's going to be a transaction uh, first part of February. They'll take ownership over the the company. So we were able to um, to merge our two companies together to make the largest outpatient physical therapy uh, company in the U.S. that's uh, privately owned. So wow. it's it's been a great journey on that. And, and I got into that, you know, as you, you know, is I got into that because, you know, I just wasn't really happy with the way, you know, physical therapy was run, um, you know, and in sports were we're really paid to make guys better faster. And when we got to physical therapy, uh, the model was, is, you know, you get a patient in and if it's a quarter to six week prescription, that's how long you had to be at physical therapy, which didn't make sense to me. I figured that we could make guys better, faster and get them back to the, to, to, to there. And we've had some success to do that. Yeah. So I'm kind of involved, but, in the next couple of weeks, my involvement will unwind to the point where um, who knows what I'll be doing when I grow up. So you're a free agent again, <laughs> is what you're saying? Free agent again. Free agent again. Yeah, yeah. That's so amazing. Who knows what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. So Congrats, man. Where's the Thank vacation you. planned after that celebration? Uh, you know, First and foremost, <laughs> you know I don't like the vacation. Because so, then all I do is stress out about all the stuff I want to do when I'm home. Yeah. So that's not really a vacation for me. So who, who knows? I, I You know, I, I, I'm just trying to look. I'm building a house now um, in Stevensville, which is right across the Bay Bridge. So I'm hopefully going to try to be moving boxes and stuff like that. And, and you know I'm so cheap that I do it myself. I don't hire a moving crew. So you know what I mean? Because why, why do that? You know, why not break my back and do it myself? So Exactly. That's exactly change. how I messed up. No, yeah. you can't exactly. That's why there's a saying about old dogs. The, yeah. uh, that's exactly how I messed up my back when I was in Hershey moving. Well, playing first and then moving right after that. Just did it in. So yeah. um, you, you go ahead. Do it if you want to do it. But just call me. Call me if you need yeah. a little bit of help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, that's amazing. One of my favorite things of having guests on here is, is is asking a favorite Carl Alsner story. The problem is Carl's such a model citizen that no one has any, has any bad stories. But how much of a pain in the ass was Carl to deal with, Smitty? Well, see, that's the problem. It wasn't <laughs> a pain in the ass. 
you know what I mean? Like Carl was always uh, always good. We, we The only issue him and I had, and he'll remember the story better than I did, but one day he was really banged up, but he was going for the Ironman streak, and we had to work on how to keep him in the lineup because he was so banged up. Uh, and I can't remember who the coach was at the time, but wanted him to sit out a game. <laughs> and, he, and I had the coach going, hey, we're going to sit him out tonight. Then I have Carl going, no, no, I'm playing. And the coach, no, no, let's sit him out. You know, he's banged up. No, no, I'm playing. I'm like, so, like, I was basically pinballing between the training room, the coach's room, the training room, the coach's room. He said he can go. No, no, I want him to sit out. Okay, let me go talk to him. The coach wants you to sit out. Yeah, but I'm fine. Like, just, uh, you know, I'll show you I'm fine. He ended up playing. (laughs) The streak continued, you know what I mean? But. And, and and but there was a lot of injuries between that streak that he probably could have taken the night off and nobody would have thought the difference but Carl was one of those guys that, that, that just wanted to play and we ended up doing it. I think that was the time when we were in Montreal <clears throat> I and I I took a slap shot from David Dayarnay, broke my thumb and then the next game we were in Winnipeg yep. And because I couldn't like really grip the stick and snap it the way you normally would, I'd have to use more upper body. And then I strained my oblique. And yep. I remember having to go go back to the dressing room <clears throat> to try and get like a quick quick tune up and some Tylenol, and then yep. came back out to finish finish the third period. I remember that. And that was that was a tough one. But we did have one rule with that. that I don't know if you even remember it, but I always would say because we have your uh, we called it the Road Warrior Streak or I think that's what we called it, but if a trainer had to come out on the ice to help you off the ice, then you lost your, your warrior card. <laughs> I remember yep. always saying, like, I need to be, like, knocked out cold for you to step on that ice. Please, please don't ever set foot on that ice because I don't want anyone to see that. <laughs> that, that. That got me in trouble my first day at the, uh, the Redskins. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Sorry. The Washington Football Club? They'll, they'll be the commanders oh. soon, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, or whatever they're going to be. <laughs> whatever. Um, so, so a player went down in practice. Practice, right? Okay. Not a game. So, not a game. Not, not a game. game. Yeah. So, so a guy went down in practice. And just, I didn't think it was a big hit. Well, you know what I mean? I'm just standing there. <laughs> Everybody's screaming at me, and I'm like, "Don't you want to see if he wants wants to get up?" But apparently, uh, I didn't know this, right? This is why I like to go work other sports, right? You learn different way of things going. If a player goes down on the field, doesn't matter. The trainer sprints across the field, okay? <laughs> now, now, if you notice, I never went on the field. I never went really? on the field during the game because I was like, there's no way I'm sprinting across the thing because if <laughs> yeah. any of the Caps players saw that, they're going to call me and go, well, why'd you do it for them? <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, you like football better than us because, you know, I'd literally, I'd literally, why not? I'd stand on the bench and be like one Mississippi, <laughs> two Mississippis. Like, come on, you got to get up, you know, because the worst case scenario is, and Carl knows, like, I'd hate, I'd go all the way across the ice. And as soon as I got there, the guy would pop up. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no. If I make it on the ice, you're just gonna, like, you know what I mean? Like, like we're we're not doing that, you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and do it. So so it was different. I learned I learned a good valuable lesson. I'm like, oh okay. So 
if a player just like stumbles and falls down and supposed to run on the field and, and see if he's okay, they're like, yeah, basically. I'm like, all right, I can do this. Uh, so, <laughs> Who would you say of all the guys that would go down in, in hockey that you would always be like, he's fine. He's just making a show of it. Do you have, do you have a guy that comes to mind? See, you're set. I know because you're setting me up for this one. You know exactly who I'm going to say. I have a guess. I have a guess. You don't even yeah. have to. Alex Semen was always the guy who went down, <laughs> and I and, and we would be like, "What's going on here?" And then he would pop up, and all of a sudden, be okay. Uh, yeah, that was, that was the guy that I would have in mind too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 Carl, you were, you remember uh, the time when he went down on the ice? He got it was. It was right before intermission, and Glenn Hanlon was our coach. And he goes down on the ice, and he was, and he, and he got hit in between the pockets. Okay, let's put it to you that way, right? Because <laughs> this is a family show. Okay, so so he goes down. Somebody, you know, speared him, and he goes down right in between. And Glenn Hanlon looks at me and goes, "Don't you f bomb? You can say go it. on that ice." <laughs> I'm like, are you sure? So the, you know, the period just ended. Right. And, and he's still laying on the ice. Right. And, and he's still laying on the ice. All the people go into the locker room. I'm still standing on the bench. The Zamboni starts coming out. He's still <laughs> laying on the ice. Finally, he gets up and comes in. Finally. <laughs> and I was just like, like, like this is embarrassing, and I think we're on the road too. And I'm sitting there going, "Man, all these fans are in the stands going, what is the matter with that guy? You know, he's just standing there looking at him. But, uh, you <laughs> okay, know what I mean? Okay. Like the, the, the coach was like, "Don't go on the ice," because back in the day, I think I would go on the ice what twice a game for him, easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it, it got it, it got ridiculous there, and of course, you know, as he got older, it got a little better. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A little better, yeah. not not normal, but a little better. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> quick, <laughs> quick, quick, Alex, seventh story. Um, this is my one of my favorite things, and, and you would know this too. That I, so it was no secret that he didn't enjoy doing interviews. He didn't enjoy really speaking. Uh, he, he acted like people. he didn't speak English at all. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And I remember one time specifically, it was after practice, and I had to get out of the rink early for some reason, and. Um, and Semin, he he had to he always got out of the rink early for his reasons. And <clears throat> I'm in the shower. He comes in, and I look over and I see, oh, it's it's Alex. I'm not really going to be talking. I'm <laughs> not going to be saying anything. And then all of a sudden, he just goes, "Hey, Alzi, what's up?" And I kind of like turn around, what? Who was that? And I look and it's him. I'm like, oh, uh, nothing, Sasha. Like, what what's going on with you? He's like, nothing. I just got to go and uh, I got to get my get my boat. We're going fishing with my buddies today. And I'm like didn't know what to say i'm like i never heard him speak that much english before i had no idea he enjoyed fishing and had a boat and apparently on majority of his of his days off and when he had time and his buddies were in town they would go fishing all the time he had like a toyota ton like he drive, drove to the rink in this like hundred plus thousand dollar mercedes but he had a toyota tundra that he'd drive around uh with his boat i guess to go fishing all the time and it's one of those things that like i don't know it just it made him a little bit more relatable and so funny that he could speak pretty much perfect English, but would never do it around anybody. So no one would talk to him. Yeah. Remember the time where, and I forget the baseball player, but 
there was a, you know, one of these baseball players signed this huge deal back in the day. And Alex was walking by the training room and he goes, he just looks up at the TV and he turns to all of us. We didn't even know he could speak. And he's, he was like, Oh, wow. You know, it was like seven years, a hundred and whatever million dollars or whatever that contract was. And he's looking, he just looks at the TV and goes, huh, that's $9.75 million a year. Like he did the math <laughs> really quick. And we're all like, not only stunned well, that he was could speak English, he heard what, you know what I mean? Understood what they were yeah. talking about. And he could do the, he did the math like this, like it was like, like it just popped up and like, yeah. And he just kept on walking and we're all like, like, what, what just happened? Like, he didn't tell was, what, what, and it was crazy. Yeah, oh. no, he was, he was, he was a very interesting guy. Um, why not? I got to tell you one of my favorite, one of my favorite Greg Smith stories that I can remember is we were in Colorado one time. I saw the picture of it and we come into the rink. There was a few of us that would always come in pretty early. Me, Carly, Chimera, and, um, we step into the rink and we, we go, come into the trainer's room because it's usually the first thing that we do. Like we spent a lot of time with, with, uh, with these guys. And so <clears throat> we come in the rink and there's Smitty <laughs> sitting on the table with this bruise, the size of a basketball on his quad. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's got the, uh, what's it, the duo son on <laughs> your dual yep. son yourself. And you look so miserable. I remember taking a picture of you and, I, I'm pretty sure I distributed it to the rest of the team so that they could witness what was going on. But do you even remember what happened there? Yeah, yeah. So it was during a snowstorm, right? And we got to the hotel, and so it was snowing outside, and we couldn't go underneath the little canopy. So it was snowing, so I hopped off the bus to help the 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 driver unload the bus with all the bags and he goes to open up one of the doors and it falls off the hinges and the bus door came down on my quad because I'm like, as it's coming up, I'm stepping into the bus to go underneath the bus and the whole door came down and just, just crushed my quad. <laughs> just crushed my quad. And That's I'm a like, heavy door. Yeah. 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 And I was like, that's so dumb. Like, what was I thinking? This is why I should never help. This is why. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, it, it was like half the size of my car. It was so black and blue. The next day, yeah. I was like, I was like, I gotta go to the rink and, and treat it. Of course, I didn't know the guys would come over that early. You know what I mean? Because you know, you have to keep that shit. You know, on the down low, you gotta keep it quiet. Yeah, you, you, know? you, you can't have a trainer needing medical attention. No, 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 no. It's like. Uh, my when I was with the Anaheim Ducks, uh, we're in Edmonton, and Carl, remember how tight the old Edmonton rink was, the bench was for us to stand behind the players. Like, like yes. you're basically your knee is in the guy's back. That's how close to it. Well, there's a faceoff right in front, and the faceoff goes back to a guy, a defenseman named Freddie Olison, and right. Freddie tees it up and tries to hit it off the boards, misses the boards by about a couple inches. And this smokes me right in the jaw. And I broke my zygomatic arch in the first period. And um, I ended up, you know, I, I didn't go down. And, you know what I mean? Luckily, uh, uh, you know what I mean? I was okay. And I just stayed out for the game and stuff like that. But I couldn't open my jaw. So I knew the jaw was broken. So I convinced the coach to have the day off the next day. It was Super Bowl Sunday. I was like, 
coach, like we, you know, uh, Craig Hartsburg was our coach back then. And I was like, Hartsy, we got to have a Super Bowl Sunday off. He goes, no, I think we should practice. Guys will be drinking during the Super Bowl. We'll practice in the morning and then let them off in the afternoon to watch the Super Bowl. That way they'd get a little bit of sweat in and stuff like that. And I was like, no, no, you, we're not going to have a trainer there tomorrow because I got to go have surgery on my jaw. So I ended up having surgery on my jaw on Super Bowl Sunday and we had the day off and then I went back to work on Monday. So, oh, Did you get wired good. shut or no? No, no, it's just the, they just popped that part of it out. You know what I mean? And they, they went through my ear to do it. So it was good. So I just couldn't Jeez, touch, I couldn't touch my face for six months. They wanted me to wear this plastic shield. And I was like, you know, like Phantom of the Opera. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, like, there's no way. Like, I'll yeah. run the risk. I'll do the surgery twice. But there's no way I'm going to wear a shield. Kind of like that. Were you there with the game where we made uh, 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 Brooks like wear that shield for, because yeah. he broke his jaw and yeah, he got so that. mad. Yeah. He got so mad because he missed the pass. He 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 tried to rip <laughs> off the shield. He's banging it on the ground. He's trying to rip it off, and and so he fought. And I was like, Brooks, you can't play. And Brooksy was yeah. kind of a little animated back then, and he was like, I'm playing. I'm like. No, you're not playing unless you have a shield on. I mean, w one little shot, this thing's going to go haywire. I said, you're not, you're not playing. And and so I told the coach, I forgot who the coach was back then, but, you know, the coach was like, hey, look, you got to put the shield on or not. So he goes back into the locker room and grabs the helmet he just destroyed. And the shield's like just swinging back and forth <laughs> on his visor. And he's like, I'm ready to go. I'm like, no, you're not. You need to go get the shield off. He was so mad. Oh, he was, he was living. <laughs> That's oh, hilarious. That was Bruce, I think, was the coach then. And that, and that happened because uh, I think Carly took a shot in practice, right? Rick, ricocheted yeah. off the crossbar. Yeah. Hit him in the face. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. That's yeah. crazy. Freak accident. Speaking of freak accidents, does, does is there a moment that comes to your mind where someone got hurt and you were, it was like, like almost scary for you or something that you were just like, you know, thank God that got discovered or that that got fixed or anything that comes to mind. I have something that comes to my mind, but I don't know if it's, if it like it registered with me, I'm not sure if it registered the same with you. Yeah. So, so it's kind of hard because I mean, not to say anything, even if you remember back in the day where we had the, the, were you there where the guy um, had that aortic aneurysm at the rink right before practice? Uh, no, I don't think so. So a guy that worked at Kettler, young guy who who since passed away, um, uh, we ended up not being able to save him. But you know he he had a, a aortic aneurysm, and they called Benny and I over when it happened. We took all of our emergency equipment over and. You know, we ended up shocking them and 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 stuff. But uh, you know, unfortunately, when you blow out your aortas, you know, no matter what, you, it's hard to bring somebody back to life. And he ended up passing away. And 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 I remember, like, it was probably four hours, five hours later, somebody said the guy's name, and it was like, what? I, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know that was the guy that I was working on. Like, it's really? like, like, 
and it's been like that even you know some of the times where we have to you know we have an emergency situation whether it's you know Jamie Hewitt or took the skate across the face or whatever like I'll be honest with it it's not that I black out but I I just all I, it's like everything just closes in and all I can see is the injury you know what I mean and it's mm-hmm. just like okay what do I got to do all right do this 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 and it's funny because for me like I don't get excited I actually get the opposite I get more calm the more the stressful situation becomes medically the, the more calm I get and it, and it's funny because you know like Jamie Heward who got that big cut you know I was real calm and stuff like that and then George McPhee walks into the doctor's office and Jamie took a cut that was pretty significant across his face it started as chin went up barely missed his eye thank god and mm-hmm. took out his took out you know his eyebrow and everything and it, it was kind of hanging up and and george walks in and and was like oh my god and then you know like he's like that's bad and jamie was like wait i didn't think it was that bad because you were so calm and i was like yeah because <laughs> like what am i gonna do like you know what i mean like yeah bad man. You know, it, I was just always the kind of this. But what were you thinking about, Carl? Because I'd like to. I was thinking. <clears throat> I was thinking about um, when uh, Wides got had that like innocent looking hit that we oh, thought was a uh, Charlie shit. horse. Oh yeah. And then he ended up being in the hospital for it was like ten days, wasn't it? Yeah. So he got, he got, you know, so he got a um, a quad contusion that turned into a compartmental syndrome. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, like we're seeing this, and we're like, "Whoa, this is this is bad." And so uh, we ended up, um, Doctor Schaefer and I decided we're like, "All right, let's just take him to the OR. Let's bite the bullet because, you know, it swelled up so fast and so quick." And they're like, "This is he's got a pretty good bleed in there." So we took him to the OR that night, and and you know, tried to try to get the bleed and then the next morning he puffed up again and then we ended up having to take him to the OR again and then we had it you know what you do is you basically leave the leg open so it doesn't because if the pressure builds up because of the swelling you know you could you can lose the limb so it was pretty uh pretty kind of uh, an interesting thing so we, we ended up uh being able to take care of that but yeah, that, that, that was interesting. But when I was at Maryland, it was funny because the day I got there, it, you know, season was already going on and stuff like that. They, similar situation, they had two trainers that they put on administrative leave and they called me in to do it. Um, I walked in and I saw a kid that presented the exact same way. And I was like, hey, you, you need to take him to the OR. And they were like, no, no, it's just quad contusion. I'm like, no, no. Yeah, and they were like, yeah, we just, you know, sometimes he needs to get a drain. I was like, he's got a small bleed in there. Before it gets worse, take him to the OR. And they ended up taking him to it. And I think the guy's playing with the Chargers now, I believe. I have to look that up. But yeah. You might have yeah. saved his leg, yeah, Smitty. What? You might have saved his leg. Um, I would hope that they would have caught him by them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know what i mean but 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 it's it it's 
it's interesting. I mean, you know, when I was in the minors, I think that probably started me out on this whole thing because we had a guy that got cut with a skate across his chin and it was so bad it went up through his lip and he went to go put his glove on it and when he did he hit the chin on top of his nose so when he came to me like i honestly couldn't tell like like it was like what's going on you know it's just all red and i couldn't understand what was going on but he hit you know you, you the reaction is is you know put some pressure on it when he did that because he cut so far underneath of his chin his his the, the actual skin was on his on his nose and I was like I was like visual this is if this is hockey I got to get used to this and I guess I I got a little used to it so you know it, it kind of settled in but you know it, it's 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 always those I mean you know let's face it any sport's a dangerous sport hockey is a complicated sport that makes it even you know sometimes you know more likelihood of problems but you know it's just using best judgment and training and trying to figure it out we, we don't always have the answers on the medical side but but lord knows we try um let, let's uh, okay. we're gonna take a break here on all caps and we're gonna come back with more capital stories and of course carl's stupid questions for greg smith we'll be right back when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino, and of course we're joined by longtime Capitals trainer Greg Smith, who had some incredible stories that I remember that Dennis Weidman thing, Smitty, because I remember someone tipped me off like two days later, he was still in the hospital, and I didn't believe it, and all of a sudden you guys announced it before the game or during the game or something, and I'm like, we, it looked like an, the most innocuous collision in the world, and then it led to that. Yeah. I, unfortunately, sometimes the, the littlest things, I mean, you don't know what your body is going to do. It's a complicated system. So basically, we, you know, it was just a little bit, just got them a little bit above the pads. Yep. And, you know, once you get a little bleed and Dennis had some big quads and it just, you know, went from from a little bit to it's not resolving and, and oh boy, we better take care of this kind of thing. And uh, he ended up, you know, so what happens is, is you know, you almost have to open up the, the compartment of, of the quad. So it just, the wound lays open for 10 days. And then the pressure just, you know, over that 10 days, you're monitoring the pressure in that, yeah. in, in the leg. And then it took us 10 days before we could really sew them back up. And then, then you start the rehab process, which is, you know, trying to get that quad that's been laying you know, muscle belly that's been laying open to the open air for 10 days to work again. So, <laughs> you know, that, that was the, I, I mean, you want to talk about scary the, for me, that's more scary than the actual injuries. Carl is, is trying to, you know, man, I hope this guy can play. Like, I hope this guy can get back. I hope this guy, you know what I mean? is okay. And, you know, it's just like, if you remember, um, 
we had a defenseman called, uh, his name was Brian Pothier, who got a concussion. And, like, it took us, God knows, it it seemed like it took us eight years to try to figure out how (laughs) to make him better. Like, it was like we were trying. I mean, we tried so many different things, and we ended up, uh, of course, you know, with concussions, and everybody says this, like, you know, we're learning about concussions more and more and more every day. I mean, it's just like I'd use this analogy all the time. When I first started in pro hockey, we had a lot, a lot of people that had bruised foot, okay? Like they Mm -hmm. just had bone, you know, just had bruises. Well, then we started an MRI and everything, and then everything was, everybody had fractured, you know, foot fracture. Well, before it was just a bruise, and now it's a fracture. The injury didn't change. The technology changed to be able to see the, these micro fractures that the x-rays never picked up. So, so it's just the technology that changed and, and concussions the same way, you know, before we used to manage concussions, put everybody into a dark room and now we're like, okay, no, that, that was, you know, the, the approach is we got to get them up and exercise it. And there's a lot more that goes on. And in Brian's case, we finally figured out that he had a stigmatism in his eye that was caused by the concussion. And we work with some eye training to be able to get him through that part of it. But that was, you know, back in that time, that was like unheard of. Now it's like, you know, we're we're doing all these visual trainings and then it's like, it's on the check sheet now is to look at people's eyes, right? As far as ocular movement and, and training and, and stuff like that. So, you know, but I don't know what it was, 12, 15 years ago, maybe even more. I don't know. Time well, just seems mm-hmm. to be flying by. But Smitty, you know, it's you, you know, you know what's funny about that story is that's that's the first time I ever met a, a young defenseman named Carl Olsner because Pothier was in Hershey rehabbing. And I remember speaking to this young prospect who, who was talking about Brian, and it was Carl. Because I remember the story, and, and, and he had Brian had the glasses now, and it was like you guys had figured out some miracle cure of this. I think it was, I want to say 2011, 2012, something in that range. Uh, I'd have to take your. I'd have to take your word for it. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can remember all the stuff that happened. But I'll be honest with you. Longer it goes, it seems like it was like yesterday. I mean, I remember when we, you know, and and I think one of the greatest things that Carl's time with the Caps and and our time is we had this whiteboard that was outside of our change room. And we'd have the the board of the day, and of course it wouldn't pass the mustard now in this cancer culture era, but it was it, it it was epic that board and so much fun. Like oh my god, we had two. I think that ran for like two years, Carl. Right? Like it was so yeah. much fun. Like yeah. <laughs> so oh I'll tell you, explain it to you. It was kind of so someone would come in and they would write like. Um, at the top, it would say, like for instance, like reasons why reasons why Greg Smith uh, can't go to the All Star game or things like that. What why Greg Smith isn't allowed to go to a certain restaurant, you know? And then guys would yep. just come up with absolute ridiculous uh, yeah, answers like, on like, there. Yeah, like you know, uh, you know, like it would be like you know, there's no high chairs at the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? You know, the, ta- the table's too high, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? 
they don't have enough food for them. Like it was, it was like terrible. Right. Yeah. But, but it was so funny and so creative. It was, it, it, it was, it was crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and guys but, would like try and sneak to the board to write something. So no one else saw who it was. Yeah. Like guys would, would remember something skating around during practice and you would just see them like bolt off the ice. We're like, oh, he's got something. <laughs> Next thing you know, there would be another yeah. thing. And then it got so bad. Like sometimes we'd fill up the whole board and then it would be like arrows to the next board and the arrows to the next board. We'd fill up two or three boards, but it was so like, of course, it was at somebody's expense, but it was back in the day where, you know, people weren't as sensitive and everybody got a good laugh out of it. And I think that, you know, you know, you almost kind of wanted a board for yourself because it was like, man, I made it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I made exactly. it. You know what I mean? And it was good. Was good. I remember, well, I remember Brad, Snap Bradley, he was, uh, he was hilarious and he, you couldn't walk by him without him saying something. And I remember one time when my first two years there, he just said, he said, cause he would, he would chirp me about stuff all the time. And he would say, Hey, if I wasn't talking to you and I wasn't chirping you, that means I probably didn't like you that much. So, so he's like, it's a good thing. If people are saying, saying funny things about you or get you, getting you involved in the conversations, because, you know, there's a reason why we like you or, you know, we, we think that you're, you're good enough to take this, to take this joke. So I think that's uh, what it was. But did you, was it you, Smitty, that would always take pictures of the board? I think someone always no, took pictures no, of it. No, no, I, 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 A, we're not allowed to take pictures in, in the locker room at all. No, 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 not you. No, no, no not no, you, Wino. Uh, no, no, Smitty. it was inside the room, but I think Smitty did or somebody I, I, did. Yeah, I might have a couple. <laughs> between, <laughs> between, between Woody and I, I might have a couple. I think yeah. the one that I still have, Carl, because I saw it, you know, maybe two or three years ago, was the one of Eric Fair. Remember the one that we we had those the things that we had to do to to the training staff had to do it to Eric Fair to get him to play. Yeah. It's so funny you bring this up because when we had Fair's on, I told them how he was pretty much held together by tape just to get. Out oh of my ice. God, it was bad. So Wino, I used to have a I used to have a rule. And it was funny because I thought about this rule the other day when, when, um, when I was in with the, the Washington football club, um, because the rule couldn't apply because some of those guys were a little bit more banged up, but I had a rule that you, you could be hurt, but you can only be hurt on three. You had to pick top three. Okay. <laughs> like, and if you had four things, four different things going on, you just didn't play like, you know, three you could play, but somehow I came up with this rule a long time ago. Like, I'm like, all right, well, you got to pick three. So Eric Fair would literally come into my room and he's like, all right, I got, I got five or six things going on. What am I going to pick on? There was one time, like, he tried to convince me. He had a hot pack on both shoulders, both knees, and ha- had it on both groins, okay? And I'm like... I'm like, Eric, like, you, I mean, that's, you know, you, you, you can't have that. You know what I mean? Like, that's six <laughs> things. Like, and he's like, no, no, no. Smitty, I'm telling you, it's it's three things. Knees, groins, shoulders. <laughs> and I'm like, it doesn't work. So then we had to take it to kangaroo court to, to, to see if he qualified for it. And he was all discombobulated. You know what I mean? Like, it. He, like and 
back then, right, we'd only have 12 hot packs. So for him to take six half hot packs, <laughs> half of them just to get them ready. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was crazy. Who, who was more banged up, Fairzy or Boyd Gordon? Oh, Gordo was way banged up. Way yeah, banged up. He was bad. He was, was absolutely bad. mangled. His, you know, I know his travel. You remember his travel routine? Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He he had to come on the plane with a rolled up like one of those thick yoga mats and his own pillow, and he wouldn't even sleep in the hotel bed. He would sleep yeah. on the floor on his yoga mat with his legs elevated because he his back would be too messed up to play the next day. Yeah. So so why no? And and I I take no credit for messing him up. But he came in, he came in so jacked up. It took us, I, I, I want to say five years to get him to sleep in a hotel bed. That, that's, I mean, but like, what, so what did you do to, to, to let him do that? What, uh, the, like, to like, let him like, sleep on the floor? No, I mean, no, I was going to say, how, how did you, how did you, how did you, how did you, fix, how did you fix it? Oh, I mean, Carl Osner would tell you, but I, I, I would beat him silly. <laughs> like I, 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 I would drive my elbow into his back and hip flexors. And he was just so tight everywhere. It, I mean, it was, it was bad. Like it was bad. I'm like, and, and every day he'd come in, I'm like, Gordon, how you feel? He's like, and, and you know, one day I'll tell you this comment because Gordo was the funniest kid ever. He just so like monotone. I said, Gordon, how you feeling? He goes, well, I feel pretty good. It, could have been worse, you know. I could I could have been lying in a ditch, you know, uh, being accosted by some method. But you know, I'm in at the rink, you know, and, and, and that was just Gordo. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. But, but, but I I think I think there wasn't a day over his five years where I didn't work on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And really, really That's get wild. in. But, but it took took a while because unfortunately. You know, I played a lot of hockey in juniors and in in the minors and stuff like that. And, you know, you get a little bit out of whack, and then you just keep on adding to that problem. It's like when Brooks Orpert first came to us with the Caps, his first year with us, and I was like, "All right, Brooksy, I mean, you're you're done. You can't work out." And he's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Dude, we need you to atrophy." He was so tight and so big and so massive. I was like, "You're never going to be able to play." unless you work on other things. And I remember he's like, you know, like kind of pushed back a little bit. And then the first summer that we had, him, I was like, okay, remember no working out, you know, do yoga, do something. And he ended up doing that. And he felt better the next day. And then, you know, the, the next season, you know, when he came in, because he wasn't as atrophied, you know, and, and, and he really worked on it. And I had a similar experience with Paul Korea because he was all jacked up when I first got to Anaheim. And I remember I was like, Paul, like, you know, we, he got a concussion and he was out for a year. Uh, Suter hit him and crossed the jaw and put, took, took him out. So I was like, I used that opportunity to really get him into stretching and working on some other things. And he ended up getting stronger because his lever arm, you know, his range of motion was so much better that he had more power and he ended up, you know, he, he felt better and played better. And, and, and that kind of gave me that thing like, okay, you know what, we, we, we got to work on this flexibility and not be so tight. So, 
you know, it, it was good to, to see that with Gordo. Gordo was really tight, but he, he was a lot of work to get going. He was a lot of work, but man, did mm-hmm. he compete. And then, the, you know, add on add the fact that, he, you know, on the penalty kill, I mean, between him and Carl, I mean, I don't think the, the puck, when those two guys were on the ice, I don't think the goalie had to make a save during the penalty kill because <laughs> one of them was going to block it. You know, if Gordo didn't block it, you know what I mean? Carl was going to block it. I mean, you guys had the most amount of block shots ever. And, and of course, yeah. you know, they the both would have the same reaction. They'd come to the bench, and I'd be like, Aussie, how's it? Yeah, that one's going to sting. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll be all right. You know, yeah. Gordo would just come to the you'd come to the bench sometimes, and he'd be in so much pain. You know, he'd block one off his foot, and he'd just walk, walk by me and say, don't say a fucking word. I'm just going for a walk. I'll be back. <laughs> and he'd walk down the tunnel. <laughs> and the coach would be like, Smitty, go after him and see him. I'm like, no, no, I ain't going to see how he is. He'll be back. He's fine. He'll be back. And he'd just go walk it off. And you know what I mean? He'd you know, would be back at it, you know? That's uh, oh, amazing. And let, alone, let, let alone Gordo would come back and mumble to himself for like the next 10 minutes. You know what I mean? He just talked to himself and yell at himself. So it's a lot different. That's so good. So why don't we get into these questions? Yeah, let's, let's let's go with Carl's stupid questions. All right, Smitty, I'll give you a quick rundown if you don't know how this works. Um, <clears throat> I got six questions for you, and they are completely random, um, and each one will earn you a certain amount of points. And at the end, I'll tally those points up, and I'll give you a score, and you'll go on our – on our ranking board here, uh, we've got about ten other guys that have done it, and we'll see how good you do. And I, well, well, I who's the highest? Who can I beat? Greg Wyshynski last week. I think he got like two hundred and seventy-four, something like that. Good God! So yeah, your scoring closest, system's changed a little bit. Well, I mean, <clears throat> Greg, you're, you're just, just giving away points. You're just he giving knocked away it out points. Well, I am now. When when your answers were as good as his, but before that, the highest was. Uh, was Fares he had 107, and uh, and so he probably so cheated was, though. He probably he made me laugh a little bit, so <laughs> I gave him some points. <laughs> but, but what we'll did see. he do? We'll... Take off his shirt? <laughs> <laughs> he, told, he, he was he was telling us about how he was uh, how he how Rachel pretty much has to do everything for him at the house, and he doesn't put his dishes away, and we didn't really oh. want to get <laughs> you know. All He's about so it. high maintenance. <laughs> like, yeah. The guy is terrible. Like, poor girl. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's a sage for sure. <laughs> um, okay, <clears throat> number one, what's your what's your go-to breakfast? Uh, bacon and eggs, especially at the rink, because Rob, the chef, made unbelievable bacon. Yes, really good bacon. I was uh, definitely agree with you there. What, what kind of, uh, what style of eggs do you prefer, though? Oh, scrambled, of course. Scrambled always, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Scram- scrambled soft or scrambled hard? Scrambled hard, and unlike a Canadian, because I don't still don't understand this being around you guys so long, don't put ketchup on it. Like I'm with, I'm with I, you, I Smitty, I'm with you. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like I just don't get it. I don't like, get it. Why do they do that? Like, did they have nothing else? Like that—that that was well, the only fruit and vegetable that they had up there was ketchup. I can, I could understand maple syrup. I can understand it. Who doesn't like maple syrup? Of course. But ketchup? Why do Canadians put ketchup? On eggs, don't understand that. We wanted to add a, a couple lines to it, just like our, our flag makes us think yeah. of home. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Blood, sweat, and tears. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, next, what's what would be your perfect Saturday? Do whatever you want, wherever you want. What what would you want to do? Perfect Saturday is right now. I'm restoring old furniture. So my yes. brother and I, like, so COVID happened, right? And as anybody who knows me, I'm uh, like, it. I'm crazy, right? Like I'm, I'm nuts because, you know, I, I work for, for, you know, the NHL hockey team. And then my, my, just for fun, I decided to own this physical therapy company and, you know, and I worked there part time running a business. And when we sold in 2014, we had 50 locations and we had like a thousand employees working for me, you know, as my sideline gigs, because I didn't have enough to do working for the caps, I decided to do this. So <laughs> COVID was really, really tough for me because like I was at home and I was going crazy. So I, I painted like nine rooms in my house and I did fixed up my totally fixed up my house to the point where I put it on the market and sold it. And uh, because I was building another house, so I was like, I might as well sell it. It's as good as it's going to be. I have nothing else to do. And and my brother and I, and my brother and I are 13 months apart. And literally, I think for like 25, 30 years, we might have talked like maybe six times besides Christmas and Thanksgiving. Um, we're, we weren't that close, right? But. I started redoing some furniture, like just finding old furniture. I like doing some woodwork and messing around. And we started doing that. And and now we're fixing furniture, doing shows. Him and I talk probably three times. You know, he just actually sent me a text while we're on the call here about a piece that's in McLean, Virginia, that he wants me to pick up today. So that, that's what I guess I'll be doing this afternoon, picking up some, some uh, vintage desk today and I'll do that, but I'd love to sit around and get the saws out and, and the planer out and fix some stuff. And and I, I like it because it's a sense of accomplishment. I can, you know, and I like staying busy and it gives me something to do. I, I cannot sit on the couch. Like my wife, like she hates me. Like, cause I, I can't watch a movie, you know, and she's like, you, you can't put down your phone. And I'm like, well, I got to do two things at once. Like I can't yeah. just do like who, who yeah. can do one thing. I don't know who can do one thing. Like I can't do that. If, if I stop to do one thing, it's I fall asleep. Right. Like, so yeah. I can do one thing, sleep. I got that down. But, but if I stop to do one thing, so my ideal Saturday for sure would be fixing up furniture and, and your listeners can follow us on, uh, on Instagram on 13 Mobros, uh, which is our, our Instagram. And, and we've been doing this a little bit over a year now and it's kind of fun. And, and, and I love it because we take old stuff and we bring it back to life. And it's funny because we, we were finding a lot of people have taken these really cool old vintage pieces that used to be in somebody's houses. And then they became the garage cabinets. Then my brother and I rescued them from somebody's garage and then we fix them up and then we put them back in the people's houses. So it's like the circle of life, you know what I mean? Like we're bringing things back to life, but it's been real fun. I mean, I've, I've gotten pretty good at making, uh, 
making cabinet drawers and fixing stuff and repurposing stuff. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. a little hobby. I've always liked it, but it allows me to do a little creative stuff. Yes, many, I, the the, uh, the multitasking thing. I feel the same way, and that's why like going to a movie theater is so hard because you're not allowed to do two things at once. You got to like focus on a, a movie and not do another thing. How do you? How would you do that? Why not? You buy a big thing of popcorn. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, so that's your two like, things. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. like, you know, what I mean, if not, like, what are you gonna do? Like, I never go. I never go. Uh, you know, to the movies after I go to dinner. I always go to dinner after the movie. Because I know that I got to do something, eat during the movie. The, the movie theaters with the beer has been like a, re a revolution. Like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. That, that, that that's, that's why I kind of enjoy this whole Netflix thing because I've been watching a ton of movies, but I just wait a couple months when they're at home. So <laughs> it works out kind of nice. And I'll say too, so. you were the king of being able to uh, you dig a dig an elbow into someone's glute while sending an email. Always very impressive. <laughs> to see how you can do that yeah you know what it's uh it's um well that that was a whole multitasking thing i would still be able to work and treat the guys and and do stuff so you know yeah unfortunately you gotta stay busy you gotta stay busy <laughs> yes you do all right next we'll go with um who would you say the funniest person uh you've worked with either a player or you know, the colleague okay so so the funniest person and it is a twofold thing the, the funniest person, all in general, to make to have a good time with was has to be Curdy, right? Our yeah. massage therapist. Like, like the guy was, the guy was hilarious. Most of the time at his own expense, but but he's he's a generally good guy, you know what I mean? Like, but he was just funny. He had a good personality, and he loved to joke around. He loved to give it and take it. But it was it was so fun because he, you know, he, he was one of those guys that, you know, was so kind-hearted and loving, but you could joke around with him and he could take a joke and give a joke and stuff like that. And, and those people are hard to find and and stuff like that. But you know, you know, sense of humor, sense of humor. Be honest with you, Koozie has like the greatest sense of humor, and. But but it's one on one humor because he doesn't feel comfortable because he doesn't know how to translate those words into English. Right. He doesn't. He has a problem, you know, kind of giving that. But he is so far the funniest guy. So so I'll tell you this because I don't think he'll mind me telling you this. But Kuzi and I, he sends me Instagram videos all the time, right? And and I got to be politically correct. It's all. Instagram videos of little people, right? Because, <laughs> because, because, so back when I used to be there and Benny used to be there, Benny and I would fight um, Koozie and Orla. Like if, <laughs> if Koozie was in the stick room by himself, Benny and I would go jump up and fight him. And then, and then all of a sudden, like Orly would come out of nowhere and then we'd all be battling, right? You know, it would be Benny and I against the, you know. So we, we started sneaking up on each other, right? And, it, like, it got it got kind of funny, you know, right? It got bad because, you know, like, they, they would wait for Benny and I after practice, like, behind our cars and fucking jump out after us. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it was like, you know what I mean? Like, 
it, it would be funny, like, you know, like we'd see them like in a hotel and we'd try to sneak behind the plants in the hotel to, to <laughs> jump them in the hotel room. So it got kind of funny. So Koozie and I always, and Orly always had a good relationship. But now Koozie, every time he sees a funny Instagram video of a, of a short person, a shorter statured person, he sends it to me, you know what I mean? So, so, you know, we've been sending short people back. And so I think Koozie as a player, for sure, the funniest guy, but it's, it's kind of like he enjoys life, but he's got a good, good sense of humor on that one. But by far, yeah. Curdy as a co-worker, Curdy was awesome. I mean, you know what I mean? And it was just, you know, it, it, it was just fun because he was lighthearted. You can make fun of him and and he, he would take it with his punches and try to give it out. And, and I think that was the greatest part about it. Yes. Yeah, Cur Curtis Millar, massage therapist for a long time. He was, he ended up being the butt of a lot of jokes and a lot of shoe checks and those whiteboards you were talking about. A lot of them revolved around uh, around Curdy, so yeah, I agree. He, yeah. was, he was amazing. He he's one yeah. of those guys that can really take it. So it was uh, and, fun to have him. And when when Curdy retired, it was uh, it was probably uh, the saddest part, but you know, also too, I was happy because HR didn't come after me, so it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. We okay, we used to one. we remember we used to do the face in the hole. Like they put people's faces oh. on different different pictures. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so go. Good. Sorry. Uh, okay, next one. I wanted to ask you this, and I've I've been asking it a, a fair bit lately, but I feel like you're a really good candidate for this question, and it might be annoying for some people. But sorry, <clears throat> Would, do you consider a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah, of course. You do consider it a sandwich, okay? Yeah. Now, yeah. Here, here's why. Yes, you, please. I mean, because it has the elements of of a sandwich, right? You know, what, what, what you gotta see that that's where I think the, the sandwich have gotten too broad, right? You know what I mean? Like a sandwich is just basically two pieces of bread with, with something in between, right? Whether it's peanut mm -hmm. butter and jelly or whatever. So anything that's in between two pieces of bread is a sandwich, you know? And that's why for me, a jelly donut is considered a sandwich because Ideally, oh. that's that. I mean, Carl, if you think about it, right? You know, I love donuts, right? I mean, Wino, there'd be never a time where we were in Canada that Carl wouldn't bring in donuts. Him and Chimmer would bring in donuts for the training staff. Now, that was a cover for them because they would bring it in for the training staff. And of course, they were in my room. Don't get me wrong, I had my share for a share of donuts. But it was always a sham because every time they'd walk by, they'd just pop in a Timbit. Well, just one more, one more. So I think it was, it was there was the cover, you know. So in case the coach says, "Why are you? What are you doing with these donuts? Oh, they're they're for the trainers. Oh, okay, you know, no problem. But they had their fair share too. So, but yeah, a jelly donut could be considered, you know, because it's in between two pieces of, you know, what I mean, bread type stuff, yeah. right? So think about it. Okay, so then think about this. Because okay. this was brought to my this was brought to my attention just considering the construction of a hot dog, could it be considered more like a taco, or would a taco then be considered a sandwich? Because it's very similar. It's it's meat toppings in between some sort so, of so, so, shell, so, so, I guess. Yeah, but but see, the air is the the key factor, right? So 
on a tortilla, you don't have any air in between it. On a hard corn shell, you don't have any air. So the bread has to have air, it has to have a little pocket of squishiness. So that's where it becomes the difference. So right? squishiness. It has, okay. that's, the, that's the key element to, to that is the squishiness. That's why the jelly donut is key because it's a little squishy. Well, I would I would argue that that a hot dog is more along the lines of a sub, like a submarine sandwich, than just a regular sandwich. Well, wait, I'd say wait, that's wait, a sub but, but category. You, no, yeah, but you just finished it with so so sub is the subcategory of the sandwich. Submarine I'm, hey, sandwich. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing hey, with you. I'm just bringing well, out I mean, a different element here. I mean, I. I've heard a lot of people say hot dogs, it's completely own category, doesn't doesn't qualify as a sandwich. And then and some people will go ahead and say sandwich. So this is this is why this is a never-ending question right here. Is everyone's I got a different opinion. I know, but I mean, but but as you know, mine is always right. So so I mean, you know what I mean? Like I, I would have to say it is. And okay. that's what I'm gonna stand by. Okay. Gotcha. Whether I get good um, points or bad points, I don't care. The, the the reason the way you get points on that is to have a discussion about it, and you had it's a discussion principle. about it. It's principle. Yes. <laughs> and you brought in something new, a donut being considered a sandwich. That's uh, it. Could be something to think about. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Absolutely. Okay, so I think you kind of answered this one earlier for us, but I'll give it to you one more time just to get it uh, officially recorded. Who is on the massage table the most? Um. The most on Curdy's table. See, that's the that's the other. Okay. That's the other key thing, right? True. Very true. Right? Who is the salt and pepper shaker? Who is on? Who is on? Let's go with Curdy's table the most that you can remember. By far, Adam Oates. <laughs> really? I swear to God, most high maintenance guy ever. He would walk in, and he would snap his fingers, Curdy. Curdy uh, shaved his head, okay? He'd be like, he'd walk in the room, snap his finger, cue ball, let's go. <laughs> Every day after practice. Every day after practice. Was he like that as a coach too? Adam liked the finer things in life. How about that way? Yeah, yeah. Adam, Adam liked the finer things in life. I mean, you know, Yogg's was pretty high maintenance too. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you know, he'd have Curdy rub his legs in between periods. Remember, he'd be laying in the stall, and he'd have Curdy rub his legs. Were you Were you there with Yogg's? No, but I've heard a bunch of stories. Right before, oh my God! In between periods, he would have him rub his legs. He'd just lay there. You know what I mean? In this stall, and Curdy would have to rub his legs in between, between this stall. So, yeah. So I mean, you know, back in the day, that was it. And then the the problem is, is once Matt Bradley came in, you know what I mean? Nobody yeah. wanted to be on Curdy's massage table, and you know why too, Carl. So yeah. You know, if you want to share this, this is your podcast. You share it, but I'm not sharing sharing that one. Uh, we have to get uh, Brad's blessing first. Maybe we can get yeah. him on at some point. Yeah, so ask, when you get Brad's on, ask him why. Why <laughs> nobody wanted to be on the massage table when he was around. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, okay, uh, last one for you. And, you know, 
tough question because we know how busy you are, but if you were to retire and not do anything, where would you retire? Uh, since I'm building my retirement home in Stevensville <laughs> on the Chesapeake Bay, that's what I'm going to go with for 5,000 points. Because uh, because here's the deal. I, I bought this house on the Chesapeake Bay. It, it faces east so I could see the sun sets, not the sunrise, right? And, oh, sorry, it faces west, yeah. sorry. And, and, and I wanted to see the sunset. And, and because when I retire, there's no way in hell I'm getting up early enough to see the sun come up. But I guarantee you, I can stay awake until the sun goes down. That's why. That's <laughs> nice. why I chose that 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 house, that location. I've always liked the water because I think the water is calming and stuff like that. You know, you know who 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 knows when I retire because I don't. I mean, Carl, you know me. I'm never going to retire. I mean, yeah. You know, I've basically, you know, I've I've retired from the Caps in 2007. You know, I went to Maryland for a little bit. I went into the to the NBA G League bubble for a little bit. I've been with the Washington Football Club for a little bit. I mean, who who knows? I mean, phone might ring tomorrow and I'll be out of here and working with some other team or something. Short term yeah. basis. Short term. Short term. <laughs> exactly. Who knows? Who who knows? Just yeah. a dabbler. All right. Yeah, a dabbler. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Okay, that's uh, okay. I like that. Let's add this and times two plus four. Okay, you are at a total of 107 points. Oh, 107. 107, which which oh, which actually ties you with Eric Fair. There you go. See, that's all I wanted to do. <laughs> Wanna, nice. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? He'll be jockeying for position. I think I'm going to text him and tell him that just yes, to let, let him know. know that for once we're tied and. He'll be on the show tomorrow to try to beat it. <laughs> it's it's just got to be natural, man. He he would yeah. be our first repeat guest if if, if that happened. Yeah, yes, well, he he's got a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, he sure does. We didn't get Ferzi going. It's always a fun time. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. laugh for, 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 sure. Um, for got, sure. Gentlemen, this has been a blast today. Greg Smith, thank you very much for joining us on All Caps. Thanks, Smitty. Well, thank, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Carl, good to see you. I heard that you're going to go out with Benny, so make sure I get the invite. Yes. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow. Come on down. Actually, you're coming to tomorrow. McLean today. Coming to McLean today. You got to come and say hi. Ah, all right. Well, let's let's hook up soon. All right. Why no? Good. good, good, good seeing you. Good seeing I'll you, and, you and, and, and glad glad we didn't have to uh, didn't have to to watch you run on the field in Ashburn or a FedEx field at any point and. And listen, the, the, the football field is, listen, that's, <laughs> first of all, I don't run too well. <laughs> and uh, no, I didn't want to do that one. Right. So for sure. And and, and best sure. of luck in whatever retirement looks like for you. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. And we'll talk to you next week on Caps.